is Halloween. This is Halloween. Welcome to the My Favourite Film Podcast. It's October. It's Halloween. This Halloween, we have got some scary movies for you during the Halloween period. So the first one today, October the 1st, is going to be Dawn of the Dead. Before that, let's just go through the normal contact information. If you want to get in touch with me here at the podcast, it is myfavoritefilmpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram, it's at myfavfilm. You can also find me now on Facebook. There's a Facebook discussion group. Just search for it on Facebook. I'm sure it will turn up. Or you could use the link that is in the show notes. If you're really enjoying the podcast, the best way of supporting me is if you pop on over to Apple Podcasts and give me a rating and a review. It is those five-star ratings and reviews that help the podcast get found by other listeners. Today's chat is with Chris Morrissey, a producer, actor, and filmmaker from Los Angeles. We spoke via Zoom earlier this month about George A. Romero's 1978 classic Dawn of the Dead. So here is my spoiler-filled chat with Chris about that film. Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. This situation must be controlled before it's too late. They are multiplying too rapidly. Dawn of the Dead. Meet me on the roof at 9 o'clock. Get out. I don't believe it. We're going to get out in the chopper. We've got to survive. Somebody's got to survive. They kill for one reason. They kill for food. They eat their victims. Imagine, if you will, that something has gone terribly wrong. Shoot it, man. Now, except the fact that there's no escaping the horrible consequences, George Romero brings back the dead. Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. Hello, Chris. Hey, how's it going? Fantastic. Thanks very much. Thanks very much for coming on the show. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Oh, today we're going to talk about um, the classic 1978 Dawn of the Dead from George A. Romero, rather than the dodgy remake. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we start, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do? Yeah, well, my name is Chris Morrissey. I'm a Los Angeles filmmaker writer, director, producer. I've done some acting and I'm also a film curator and um, I do a bunch of stuff. I'm, I'm here in Los Angeles and I was born and raised here. So I'm a huge movie buff and have just spent my whole life watching films and making films and just Brilliant. doing all this fun stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. yeah I, I did. I saw um, a tweet from you, the, your, the latest films on youtube at the minute is that right for yeah one of my um one of my films that i did a few years ago called oh, Witch, yeah uh it's on youtube right now streaming for free until halloween and then it's going to go back and do some more theater screenings right uh but figured perfect time to check it out yeah kick off of uh all yeah. the horror films for halloween yeah well i mean this this episode's going to go out before halloween so um, if you're if you're listening now and you want to get a, a film free on YouTube, it was could you give us the name again? Sorry, it's yeah, it's called Trick of the Witch, and it's on my YouTube channel. So just uh, type in Trick of the Witch film uh, movie or Chris Morris the Trick of the Witch, and it'll pop right up. 
Fantastic. I will try and put a link to that in the show notes as well. So if anyone wants to watch it, then it's there for them. Be ah, getting quick, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> um, so, Dawn of the Dead. Um, great movie. One of a series of films by Romero with the, the zombies in it. In fact, one of six, I think it is now, isn't it? Um, it was the second. Why is Dawn of the Dead your favourite film? Well, crazy enough, it's actually the first horror film I saw wow. at six years old. Wow. I like, yeah, I mean, my, my, I convinced my mother to take me to see it. Yeah. And she, you know, based off of the newspaper ads and TV commercials, which I don't yeah. even think they showed that many commercials no. of it because it was unrated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was six years old and I begged her to take me to go see it. And she took me to this theater and uh, it was just really epic. It was like going to Disneyland because it was like (laughs) this first huge film. And there was so much action and craziness going on, the zombies. And um, actually one of the, one of my favorite memories about the whole thing. And this may be why I liked it so much. Cause I don't think I've ever experienced this in a movie theater since, yep. but everybody working at the theater had zombie makeup on oh, and were dressed up as zombies. So yep. the ticket taker and the popcorn counter, they all, <laughs> you know, were in zombie makeup and they actually were selling uh, this bloody popcorn so it was like a, a jug of popcorn and they added food coloring to the butter yeah red food coloring so it was like popcorn with fake blood butter on it and i just oh, remember it just it was just so like you know going to like uh you know like a carnival or something because you just yeah. go right in see these zombies and then you're in this crowded theater and the film just starts off with so much action yeah, so was, it does, to yeah. me, as a six-year-old, I'm like looking yeah. at this big screen and all this craziness is going on. And of course, it's stuff that I had never seen before. Yeah, yeah. And I, my mom was probably thinking like, oh, this movie is really not for kids. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I'm trying to think because obviously the 78 cut would have been Romero's original cut, which I know that you, because you put me onto the 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 slightly longer cut that I think we've both watched, which is the one that's what, 2034, that's freely available on YouTube as well. Um, yeah, the, the extended lots, mall cut. Yeah, there's lots of extended scenes in there that I don't remember seeing um, that I guess were possibly works of uh, Argento rather than Romero, because certainly it's got his, I don't know, his gore all over it from that point of view. So I think that 78 cut. I don't know how much of it you remember. Um it wouldn't have, wouldn't have as much gore in as this version now. Not sure. You know, because the way they released it here in the states is uh, it was unrated, and even on the posters it said no one under seventeen admitted. Period. So I don't know how my mom was able to take me because right. years later, when other horror films came out like Maniac and Mother's Day, those were also no one under seventeen. They were also yeah, yeah. released by I think the same company. United yeah. Film Distribution Company. Um, yeah. And I wasn't allowed to go in. Like my dad tried to take me and they wouldn't let me in. So for some right. reason, I was able to see Dawn of the Dead. I, maybe because I was only six. So they just thought, oh, it's a little kid. He's not going to, he'll probably be sleeping. <laughs> uh, Were you a particularly tall six-year-old? Did that? <laughs> no, I was, I, I, I didn't, I'm super tall. <clears throat> I'm six foot five. But at the time, right. yeah, I was like just 
real tiny little kid. Um, but I ended up seeing the film, not only I saw it at six years old, but yeah. it continued to play in the theaters for uh, probably until about 1984. Wow. Um, they re-released it with uh, creep show yeah. as a double bill. And yep. then it came out again with evil dead as yep. a double bill. Yeah. And then it just became like a, a standard Friday and Saturday night midnight show. So <laughs> at some point, probably when I was about, I'd say maybe about 12, I was able to get my mom to take me again. Cause it wasn't available on video until 1984. No. no. So I was wow. able to see it a second time. And I mean, I remember that one, the second time, you know, storyline wise. And, you know, it was like seeing a whole new film. Cause you know, I had forgotten a lot of the yeah. scenes in between, yeah. but yeah, it just, it was such a, such a different experience and every film after that had to pretty much live up to the expectations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they probably all didn't. Yeah. No, you got, you saw, I never saw anything like that. The experience no. was like, you know, it felt like being on a roller coaster ride because, you know, there's, like you said, there's scenes of action, but then it yeah. goes into like scenes where not really much is happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it really, I feel like the ups and downs really like, you know, make the story what it is. And you really yeah. just feel like you're with these people. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's a, it's a brilliant movie. I, I've, I love all the Romero zombie movies. And it's, it's one of those ones that just, it adds to the whole mythology that Romero put together in Night of the Living Dead. But it's got so much more to it. And obviously it being colour rather than black and white makes a big difference from the point of view of the, the gore and the blood and whatever else. But it, there are elements where it just nothing, nothing happens at all. But the nothing says as much as something, if that makes sense. Yeah, and some of those scenes, I like, the scene where Fran is, uh, she had just gone shopping and she yep. puts on all this makeup and yeah. she's sitting looking in the mirror board and she's yeah. holding a gun and just kind of acting out this little like, you know, oh, like I'm a movie star. Yeah. That well, scene to me is, there's just something about it. I just love that moment. It, yeah. it says so much, but so little is happening. It almost lets you get into their sort of mindset and lets you see how, I don't know how crazy they're going just being locked up inside this this mall on their own, just the, at that point, three of them. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because they are, they, they are, they just go mental there, aren't they? I think it then cuts to the two guys, Steve and Peter, just playing poker. And they've just raided all the cash boxes in all the shops and they're just playing poker with dollars and dollars that they've, they've found in the mall that obviously mean nothing now because there's no money in the world. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, and I think what what... I guess makes me like it so much is, is, is almost like you're living out this whole scenario with them. Yeah. Cause if you think about it, it's like, if there really was a zombie apocalypse, what would you do? Like, would yeah. you try to go to a mall? Cause Hey, they've got everything you need, clothing, yeah. <clears throat> supplies, um, yeah. food. Yeah. And even, if, even if you couldn't get into every single store, I'm sure there's one or two stores that, you know, would, would, supply you with everything you can need to get through so absolutely yeah which which is exactly what they do i mean when they find the the, the um keys for all of the buildings all the shops and everything else that's the perfect thing isn't it, it lets them get in absolutely everywhere and and get everything they want yeah because by the end of the, the film they've kind of set up the offices as as almost a home they've got a living room they've got furniture they've got lighting and everything's just like being in a house yeah. yeah. And the thing is, if you look at each character, you know, they, 
you've got um, uh, Peter and Fran who are like the level-headed, you know, they, they look at the big picture and they're yeah. very like, okay, well, we need to, we need to do this. If this happens, like she wants to learn how to fly the helicopter yes. in case, yeah. you know, and then he, uh, Peter's just very like, you know, don't make any stupid moves because we're <laughs> going to lose everything. And of course yeah. the other two guys, Roger and um, uh, Steven, yeah. they're just letting it get to their heads and they're Absolutely, making all these yeah. mistakes. And yeah, you know, yeah. you just, you know that if it was a real situation and you were with a group of people, that's exactly what's going to happen. You're yeah. going to have people that are going to bring the whole situation down, or you're going to have people that are going to want to try to really survive and um, just get through it and yeah. do whatever they can to, to, to continue to hold on to this gold mine that they've, you know, stumbled into. Absolutely, yeah. Which you know that plays out, and it's jumping ahead to the the end, really. But that plays out at the end where they are attacked by a rival gang. And if Stephen had just done what Peter said, which was to let them fight it out for themselves, everything would be all right, and they could have got things back to normal, and they would have been okay. But that obviously isn't how it plays out, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. But yeah, it's it is that level headedness of Peter and Fran that is the the thing that you'd want if you were in a zombie apocalypse, I suppose. Yeah. And I, you know, like they put, um, they put up that wall to cover yeah. their entrance into the, uh, you know, the staircase and all that. And I yeah. think, you know, looking at the whole situation where when the uh, motorcycle gang invades, you know, the mall, it's like, yeah. you just think the whole time, like I'm, as I was watching it just, you know, recently before this, I was just like, Oh God, if they only just would have yeah, like, grabbed a few things you know stayed inside that shelter area yeah you know they could have probably uh rode out the whole thing the motorcycle gang probably would have you know taken what they wanted and left yeah yeah and then they they probably could have waited a couple days and just you know again tried to clean up clear out the mall of the zombies and really just you know take what they still had left because there was i mean sure there was tons of stuff still left over oh yeah 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 i mean the mall, the mall was was full was it, it was fully stocked of everything yeah, they yeah. could ever want so <laughs> they were fine um just thinking about the the other films then in, in the series had have you i assume now you've seen the the other films in the series oh i've seen every single one of them in fact it's funny because i think I don't remember exactly, but I think I saw Night of the Living Dead after seeing Dawn of the Dead because they yeah. used to show it on TV a lot. Yeah. And um, I actually never saw it in the theater until years later. They did um, like a 25th anniversary thing yeah. in Pit- in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And um, so I flew to Pittsburgh and I got to see it in the oh, wow. movie theater for the first time. Yeah. And they actually had a lot of the cast members of night of the living dead oh, excellent! and George Romero. And, and they actually did, it was at uh, like across the street from the Monroeville mall. Right. At some hotels, like a Hilton hotel, but they yeah, actually yeah. did like a, a mall tour and all this oh, stuff. Right. So I got to do all that. And then like at the, you know, they did like a Saturday night, like 25th anniversary re-premiere of night yeah, of the yeah. living dead. And wow. it was just really, really cool. But yeah, like I saw to me, night of the living dead, um, and Dawn of the Dead are my favorite of the two. Yeah. And then I would say, I, I like Day of the Dead, but it's not one that I feel like I can watch over and over. No, it, it's a bit, it's got a bit of the Dawn of the Dead sort of nothing really happens, but not in as interesting a way, I suppose. 
Um, yeah, and I think all the military stuff yeah. just kind of it gets like it it, it doesn't want it, it doesn't keep you interested as much. Nope. It's just like okay, they're just arguing and arguing, and yeah. yeah, finally when it comes time to you know all the chaos ensues, it's just like okay, good. Like I I want the zombies to eat all these people now. <laughs> so like. <laughs> Yeah, we want the zombies to win at this point. And then the other ones um, was a Land of the Dead. Land of the Dead, yeah. Um, nice. Land of the Dead. I, I liked that one, but it, it didn't feel like it was connected. I mean, I know it's the same story about yeah. zombies, but I feel like it didn't have that. The characters weren't as, I don't know, interesting or likable no. as no. Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. Because I feel like Night of the Living Dead, the characters were so specific and it was like yes. watching a, a stage play. Yes, yes. Everybody but, was so, you know, perfect for their characters. Yeah. I think that's the this small cast. In his, in his, I mean, Night and Dawn have both got very small casts. You don't see a lot of people. And it is almost, other than the bits in the mall with Dawn, you could do it as a stage play because it's, it's just one room or two rooms. Um, yeah, and I really like like the claustrophobic yeah. feeling of Night of the Living Dead. And, and as a kid, you know, seeing it on TV, I actually, yeah. was, to me, it was really scary. But when I saw it as an adult in the movie theater, people were people were laughing through the whole thing. And I'm yeah. thinking, why are they laughing? Like, this is, <laughs> this is scary. I've always felt it was a scary film. Yeah. But people think- were laughing. And yeah, it was really surprising to see it as an adult and get like that different kind of like yeah. perspective on it yeah i mean there are elements of humor i mean certainly the the custard pie throwing in the and the food fights with the, the bikers and the zombies in that attacks are fairly humorous the way they, they deal with them so yeah, th- there's big elements of humor i think throughout it yeah i like how that george romero put all that in because i feel like at that point you know everything's just turned to utter chaos <clears throat> and uh you know, it, it, it was kind of like, okay, now, you know, everything's happening. You've got like zombies everywhere. You've got yep. like the bikers, like there was one, one of the guys was trying to check his blood pressure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all you need now is a pie in the face. And it's yeah. like, okay, here you go. Here's the pies. pie in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but some of that's not in the original. That's part of the extended cut, isn't it? I think they did like a, like a, just a real quick, you know, it was like maybe one, one yeah. gets a pie in the face. And, but yeah, the, what I really liked about the extended cut is um, there was so much more, I mean, they were little, little quick shots and, mm. and different, different camera angles that mm. it felt like they added to it. But I especially liked during the whole scene when they did their big shopping spree. Yes. It, it, I love the fact that it was so much more prolonged and detailed because yeah. it's like, it really got to the point watching it like, wow, they're really just letting it all, you know, this whole like ego and the comfort yeah. of, okay, we've got everything at our fingertips. Yeah. They're putting on like fur coats. And, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, you hear the moans of the zombies yeah. outside and it just, yeah. it's, it's just kind of a creepy feeling of like they're living in this whole fantasy land. And, but the world outside is just like this dark, utter, like, chaotic mess yeah. <laughs> and eventually yeah. they're gonna they're gonna succumb to it so yeah i really i wish they put that extended uh footage into the original the the u.s cut because i yeah. i think that's 
the United States, you know, everybody here, especially in LA, it's everybody's all about shopping and excess. And, yeah, yeah. You know, give me more, you know, it's all about materialistic stuff. Yeah. So I thought that was like the perfect uh, commentary that George yeah. Romero put that great twist on. So, yeah, I mean, that, that was his whole point, wasn't it? Of the, the film, it's an allegory for the consumerism that was going on within the, the, the world at that point and showing the whole, the whole idea that the zombies have come to them all because that's what they do in their, their normal lives. And now as dead, they just come back because that's where they want to be. They want to be shopping. So Yeah, it's, it's, I love it just because it's such a perfect, um, you've got like all the dark, scary stuff. And then you've got like this, you know, twisted, like yeah. dark comedy. You know, yeah. it, it, it's like, I feel like this film gives you just a little bit of everything. So it's like, you're entertained, but you're shocked and you're yeah. also like excited and there's so many ups and downs, like, you know, and I feel like the characters are so perfect because each one represents like a certain aspect of, of us as the audience. What yeah. would we do in that situation? Yeah. And I love the fact that none of the actors were, you know, well-known. They're all like unknown actors at the time. So you really don't know who these people are. You have to get to know them. You're not just looking at, you're not looking at like Bruce Willis or Tom no. Cruise or someone and just like, okay, you, we know they're going to survive at the end because yeah, it's yeah. the, you know, multi-million dollar, you know, movie star. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing with the way Romero did both these um, first two films that, you know, they were all unknown actors. So it, there was no, this character must live through it. Um, and I think that's a big thing with zombie movies that you, you don't know who's going to live and actually everyone should be expendable because there's a certain futility to the whole idea of the zombie apocalypse that eventually everyone's going to die at some point. And I think Night of the Living Dead shows that really well in that, you know, all the main characters, including the main protagonist, do die at the end, even though the main protagonist dies at the hands of the police force. It, it's very much, there's a, a very nihilistic view, I suppose, of the, the zombie apocalypse that everyone's going to die and don't know who's going to live. Also with the ending of Dawn of the Dead, it's like yeah. it's left up to the interpretation of, of the audience to like, okay, we know that they they flew off, yeah. but, you know, she says that there's not much fuel left. And, and also it's like, well, it's probably been what, like maybe two months in the storyline. Yeah. So yeah, possibly be, between the beginning when all the chaos at the news station yeah, to where they're in the mall and like things are getting worse and the, the radio signals and television signals are yeah. like not even working anymore. So yeah. you just wonder like how far are they going to get in the helicopter and they're yeah. going to have to land. And also she's pregnant. So she's yeah. going to be having a baby. Yeah. And so it just kind of has this weird, like there's hope, but then there's this like melancholy, like, Ooh, like, yeah. are they really going to, are they going to really get away? Yeah. How far are they really going to get? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a good ending. It does leave you just wanting a little bit more, but it also, it gives you some sort of closure in that, you know, those two are going to get away, but you just don't know how far. Yeah. I would have loved to just see like, you know, what his take would have been. Uh, yeah. George Romero. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I think people have asked him like, do you, what do you think happened with Peter and Fran? And yeah. I don't think he answered. So. No, but I'm mean, curious to know. When he then made Day, there's there's no there's no link there. The cast are completely different. It's a different story, different place within the, the world. So he, he doesn't none of the six films uh link to each other. They're always a different cast, they're in a different time. And I guess 
certainly with the first three, there's, there's a good, what, 10 years between each of them. So bringing the same cast back would become very difficult. So, yeah, it's, it's odd the way that there's no continuation of his story, just a continuation of the, the mythology, I suppose, of the zombies. Yeah. I did like uh, how document, I oh, was it, doc, no, I'm sorry, Diary of the Dead. Diary of the Dead, yeah. Document of the Dead's the documentary. Um, <laughs> yes. But uh, Diary of the Dead, I liked how it did show like another group of people at the start of when everything was just first yeah. happening. Yeah, it was almost it wasn't a, a great reboot, film, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it was interesting for what it was. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't think it was a great movie, but I did no. enjoy it because I do like to see the different perspectives yeah. of, you know, like how would other people have, you know, survived? Yeah. How, what would you do? Like if you didn't, if you weren't able to get to a mall, yeah, so. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Well, I must admit, I enjoyed it more than Land of the Dead. So it, it had something going for it from that point of view, I think. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I was yeah. I was very surprised because, I mean, after watching Land and uh, Survival of the Dead, I yeah. just... So I don't remember if Survival of the Dead came out after Diary. No, that, that was if... the last one. Survival of the Dead is the, the, the sixth film. Um, so oh, it came okay. out after Diary. It was supposed to be... Um, a direct sequel, but then something went wrong that it ended up with different cast going to the, the island. But yeah, I, I didn't like Survival of the Dead as no. much. I, I enjoyed it. I, I like to watch all of the zombie films. Yeah. So, you know, each one has its own charm, I feel, Absolutely. in its yeah. own way. But, you know, I definitely, uh, my favorites still are Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. Like, yeah. you can't beat those two. <laughs> no, no. I mean, and for different reasons, because they've got, they're very different stories. Night is certainly a lot more claustrophobic than, than Dawn. Um, but Dawn's got a lot going for it from the point of view of, of just how bored I think we'd all get if we were in that situation and how crazy we'd probably all drive each other if stuck in that type of world, yeah. And I love with Night of the Living Dead, I love that it's in black and white because it just gives it like yeah. an art film look to it. And there's yeah. so many things as a filmmaker, like all these different weird camera angles and yeah. like close-up shots and i really a lot of people always say oh it's a low budget zombie movie but to me like it it i think it ranks up there with a lot of these like french new wave films like breathless and yeah probably, it just yeah. has this great photography and yeah. you know but i mean at the end of the day it is a low budget zombie movie <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> i think but for its time you know like 1968 oh. i I think a lot of the horror films coming out then were very, you know, cheesy and, yeah. you know, very, you could see like puppets and the fake blood looked really like uh, Hershey syrup or whatever, yeah. which is, I think, what they used in, in, in Night of the Living Dead. Uh, they used like chocolate syrup or something, yeah. but. Uh, Isn't that one of the reasons has... why they did it in black and white was because they could make um, blood and the effects and makeup effects look better in black and white because they could get the colors to look more like blood because it was black and white if that makes sense yeah and everything to me looks so creepy you know the, all yeah. the shadows and and yeah. just the way that the zombies had like the chewed up like faces and mm. whereas dawn of the dead the makeup you know at the time it was yeah. very like you didn't you didn't see anything like that but of no. course after all the horror films of the 80s came out and you saw all these really great special effects then you yeah looked, you know, 10 years later at Dawn of the Dead, and you're like, why do the zombies look blue? And why, why does the blood look like pink, pink, yeah. orange blood? I was going to say that because there's, there's certainly, there's a couple of zombies that, that look 
very much like Smurfs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's a few where they obviously haven't managed to colour around the eyes properly because they've got a definite shadow of real skin coming around the eyes, like almost pandas. Um, and the blood is very, very red, isn't it? It's it's not realistic. Yeah, it almost looks like paint. Yeah. Because uh, it's got like a thickness to it or like, uh, I don't know, like it just has this like glossy thickness to yeah. it. It's like, it's like a poster paint, isn't it? It is it's yeah. the same <laughs> primary color that we used, we used to back in school when I was primary school. So that's the thing about these, the, the main characters. We mentioned characters before. There's obviously the four main characters, characters rather. You've got um, Roger. And Peter, who are our SWAT guys, who we weren't used to kind of at the start. And Stephen and Francine, who we weren't used to first. Do you have a, a favorite of the, the four characters? Well, I think I think Francine is my favorite just because she she's the character that kind of goes through such a you know change through the film. It's like yeah. at first she's taking command of this whole chaotic news uh, television studio. Yeah. And, you know, she, obviously she's, you know, one of the production people and trying to, you know, keep everyone calm and things running smoothly. But then, you know, as soon as she links up with um, uh, Steven and the others and and they're in the helicopters, like she suddenly now is like the third wheel and it's not, she's not in any kind of control anymore. No. Uh, and she almost is like the victim yeah, and helpless. But yet, you know, throughout the film, she becomes kind of like the strongest person because it's like by the end, you know, she's she's the one that can fly the helicopter. She she's just making sure like she has the guns. She yeah. wants to know everything and be a part yeah. of the plan, you know, and I think she's the one that. And also she's pregnant, so it's kind of like, yeah. wow, like she's going through all this during this zombie apocalypse and yeah. and there's you know no real light at the end of the tunnel but she's just going through the motions and just gonna kind of like see what happens and try to survive and there's not yeah. really a lot of characters like that in in horror in the early no. 80s horror no, films, so you know, no, you know? no. she's not really like the screaming she's not like the final girl scream queen running around and helpless she's more like you know very quiet and stern and she's yeah. like let me let me let me just see what i need to do and yeah, let I mean, me try to get through it she's definitely not your average um, final girl i mean as you say there's so many horror films of that time where yes there's always a girl that ends being the final character but yeah they have spent the the whole of this film screaming their way through it and just being lucky i suppose towards the end whereas she's She's not lucky. It's calculated. She knows what she's doing. Even at the end when she goes off to the helicopter, she she knows exactly what she's doing. She knows that that's how she's going to escape and how to get there and how to be safe doing it. They're still here. They're after us. They know we're still in here. They're after the place. They don't know why. They just remember. Remember that they want to be in here. What the hell are they? There are us, that's all. There's no more room in hell. What? Something my granddaddy used to tell us. You know Makumbo? Voodoo. Granddad was a priest in Trinidad. He used to tell us, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. 
all the male characters, it's like you've got Steven who just is like making all these bad choices just <laughs> out of like, you know, he's not really thinking about, he just does these things that, you yeah. know, are going to get him into to bad trouble. Yeah. And then you've got, um, uh, oh, wait, I'm blanking out on his name. Roger. Uh, Roger. Roger. <laughs> yeah. Who just has got, you know, he's like yeah. a SWAT team guy. Yeah. And he just is like, taking all these risks and doing all these like daring things and his ego is starting to get to him. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's just being super reckless and you know, like it's not going to end well for him. Yeah. And I feel bad for him too, because it's like Peter, um, you know, he's trying to like calm him down and just be like, no, don't, don't do that. You know, we got to like really focus and like, let's make this work, but he's just, you know, you can't even talk to him. He's just, (laughs) yeah. There's so many points where, where Roger is in some sort of scrape where he could get bitten and he, he manages to somehow get out of so many of them and he doesn't learn from his mistakes at all, which is why he, he then eventually does get bitten. But he, he just doesn't learn, does he? Yeah, and I think, you know, Peter also, it's like, you know, he's he's trying to keep cool and take care of everything. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, it's just going to be, you know, it's out of his hands. Like no matter yeah. how hard he tries, there's not going to be, it's not going to end well. Yeah. And yeah. he's grasping on to things. And that's why, like, I was really surprised, like at the end where he's just like, um, you know, right before they jump in the helicopter, he's, he's like, I'm going to kill myself. I'm like, I don't want to go on anymore. Like, yeah. this is it. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he's like the hero because you you don't want him to kill himself. No, you, not at all. No. So I kind of like how, you know, you've got that one moment where you're like, oh, wow, is he really going to just go through with it and leave her by herself? And that yeah. that would have been really crazy if they actually I know in the original script they had planned to um, he was supposed to kill himself. And she right. Is supposed to, like, get out of the helicopter and um, let the blades chop her head off which i think yes. i'm so glad they didn't use that ending because i just think it would have just made the film so like depressing at yes the- but i mean i suppose that's the thing with with a lot of zombie films that they do have that depressing end that they they finish with i'd say most of the main cast getting killed off to some extent so i think the fact that there's a slight bit of hope there at the end that those two do get away is a, an upbeat end for any film certainly of this type so yeah yeah. yeah, I thought that was great. But yeah, I'd say that my two favorite characters are uh, Fran and Peter. Yeah. As much you know, as I like the other two, I just, uh, they frustrate me. When I watch it each time, <laughs> I'm like, don't do that. Why are you going to do that again? Like, ah. Well, isn't that what all good horror films do? They make you shout at them and say, don't do that. It's like when they open the, the cellar door and they go down the spooky cellar in the middle of the night. It's like, why? Why are you doing that? So, And I think what what I like about the film is I can watch it literally i've seen it probably i i'm guessing maybe like 60 times 50 or 60 times because i i mean there were times when i would watch it like every couple of weeks yeah you know over the years but yeah i mean each time i watch it i always i'm i'm never bored no i always see something new and especially watching this new you know this complete mall cut yes i mean there were scenes that i had i had seen it years ago but i had forgotten about some of the little you know extended scenes and yeah i actually now i think that's probably my favorite like if i'm gonna watch it again i'm gonna watch the extended one because i just i like to see all this extra stuff that wasn't in the original cut 
Yeah, I must admit, I was very tempted to watch the original cut again afterwards just to see how much I'd remembered that was added and what was added, but I just didn't have time to do it, unfortunately. Because um, I think there was a lot of other things that were added. There's a point, uh, it's towards the start, when they first got in the helicopter and all four of them in the helicopter the first time, they fly over Johnstown, which I'm pretty sure is the town from Night of the Living Dead. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You see all the, the rednecks, basically, that are shooting zombies and whatever else. And I kind of, I'm sure that's slightly extended from the original. And it, it there's a house in it that looks very like the house from the Night of the Living Dead. And I kind of wondered if they were trying to say, this is happening at the same time as night. That's the same house. That's the same guys that shoot the protagonist at the end of Night of the Living Dead. And that's where you are. Um, I... I had thought about that as well because I I had noticed that, and yeah. I noticed that there there were a couple zombies that they had just like up on the hillside, kind of in the distance, and you yeah. see like the the you know the trees and all that, and I'm like that definitely is probably where the house of Night of the Living Dead was. Yeah, yeah. So it is almost like they're trying to say this is happening at, at exactly the same time, even though it's, let's say ten years apart between the the two films. But I think that's what the intention possibly is, but I'm pretty sure that scene is not as long in the original film. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I have, um, I have the book that they, that they wrote back when the film came out and right. um, I read it years ago. I, so I don't remember, but yeah, I, I think they explained a little bit like that, um, that it had been maybe like 10 days or something after 10 days into the whole you know, since it all started. Ah, right. Okay. So, it, but I don't, is... I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I think it, I think it definitely, it's meant to be like within the first week or two of right. everything going crazy. Yeah. Um, just looking at the way the news station and yes. she's saying, Oh, you're sending them to, to shelters that aren't even working anymore. Yeah. So I, I, I'm thinking like, okay, so then maybe this is like at least a few days or a few weeks into yeah. it. That that whole crazy open. I mean, the, I love how it just opens up with the whole chaos and her waking up from a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it and, is a very it's a very sudden end, a very sudden start, isn't it? Because you kind of just come in on. It looks like the carpet from the angle that they're showing it, and it's just her face, and she's obviously very distressed about something. And then you just go into the the whole chaos of the newsroom. Yeah. And with the extended cut, there were a lot of extra. Um, scenes in that whole newsroom cut yeah probably like an extra five minutes and and i i i think it was great because it it fleshes out like who she is yeah. and also you get to see like just everything is going to hell and yeah it's like she knows like okay eventually everyone this isn't going to be around much longer like <laughs> they're not going to be able to do the new show and yeah it just, I, think- I love the way it just kind of kicks off like okay let's get this whole like, let's figure out what we're going to do to, to get through this and survive. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think one of the other guys in the newsroom says to her when Stephen said, you know, I'll be on the roof in the, the helicopter. Um, one of them says, well, we'll be off the air by midnight because the emergency channels are taking over. You may as well go. Oh, this, yeah. yeah. So I think she, she realizes at that point there's no point in hanging around. So Also, there's yeah. that whole, in the extended version, there's that, that whole sequence with them uh, landing, I guess, to get gas in yes. a, like a, do- a dock. And there's those, uh, I don't know if they're police officers or other SWAT members, but it, it, they almost weren't going to let them take the helicopter. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that whole scene explained a lot more because I was, I was always wondering how, you know, it was so easy for them to just like jump in the helicopter and, and start looking for shelter. But yeah, Yeah. that gave it like more of a suspense to like, okay, they might not even be able to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that they do, I'm sure in the original cut, there is, there is a point where they do land because they have to land to pick up the two SWAT guys because they're not at the, the news station. Um, but it's very quick that they manage to get back onto the helicopter and then they do go for a refueling. But those scenes are definitely extended in this cut because I must admit when they land for fuel, don't remember seeing the zombie children attacking Peter. Um, oh, really? That was like one of the most controversial things here. Oh, right. In the yeah. U.S., like I remember when when the they tried to do like an R-rated version of the film, yeah. maybe like a year because it was so successful, and yeah. they were just people protesting, like you know, this movie's so violent, yeah. and so I think they tried to do like an R-rated cut, and I know right. in that R-rated cut they cut out like everything that had to do like any gore yeah. and I, they definitely cut the whole scene with the kids at the kids at the, uh, so yeah i wonder whether it's just it's a, a uk cut because certainly in in this country it was um massively censored it was on the what they call the video nasty list over here as an oh, awful okay. lot of the the horrors that were coming out at that point were um they just what, what we call x-rated over here um or we did have an x rating which was higher than what we now would have as an, an 18 rating it was kind of like watch this at your peril almost um and certainly it, it didn't get a video release here for a long time um because it wow. wasn't allowed to um so I, I wonder if that's just the uk cut hasn't got that bit in it so to see that was because i can't think of any there's not many films where you'll see a child even though it's a zombie child in this case being yeah. brutally murdered in that way because they, they, he doesn't just knock them off and shoot them once in the head he guns them down with his machine gun with a persistent fire, doesn't he? Yeah, and then, and then you see them falling to the ground. Yeah. And that, that was something that you don't, you don't ever see that. No. I guess. They, they, are, they are zombie children, so they, they were trying to kill him first, but it's still a bit dodgy with them being children. <laughs> oh, I think one of the creepiest things in Night of the Living Dead is when the daughter uh, yeah. comes back to life and, yeah. and kills, kills the mom, and she just... I, that when I was a kid, like that was one of the scenes that I really yeah. didn't like to watch because it just she had that such that crazy look on her face and the blood on her mouth and yeah she yeah. just looked like one of the worst zombies like if you were gonna oh, <laughs> run yeah. into one like oh you better watch out for this one because she's yeah. she's like ready to just tear you apart <laughs> yeah it is it's the odd thing with them um, Romero zombies now I think people have, have said it before they 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 have some form of intelligence there. And I mean, there's that the little girl, obviously, in Night of Living Dead, who, who picks up a shovel in order to, to kill her mom. Uh, and in, in this one, there's definitely a zombie who uses a crowbar to smash the window um, of one of the trucks. And there's others, you know, they managed to use a ladder, which... Yeah, that was think, surprising. can't think of any other zombie films where zombies managed to do things like, there's a ladder there, I can use a ladder, I can climb using both hands and feet at the same time you normally see them as being very clumsy and not able to do that type of thing. There's, I mean, they put it down to this whole, it's, I don't know, ingrained muscle memory that they're just doing what they would have done when they were alive, which is what they say about them going to the mall. But there's definite, appears to be an intelligence, which he keeps building on. And he built on it, obviously, with Day, 
And then in at the end of Land of the Dead, they end up picking up guns, don't they? So the zombies have actually got yeah. machine guns <laughs> at the end. So there's obviously something that he was he was always thinking about it, I guess. I don't know what you think about that. Well, you know, there's that one scene where uh, Fran is uh, by herself inside the J.C. Penney's. Um, she had just closed on the door, uh, the glass door, and there's that football. I'm sorry, not football, baseball player zombie. Yeah, that just kind of sits down and just starts staring at her, and yeah. just he doesn't look. He doesn't look like he wants to, you know, rip her apart. And no, her. no. He just he's just like in awe of her, and just yeah. kind of like. Yeah, and for that moment, I'm thinking, wow. And I think she knows it too. She kind of like looks at him with sympathy and just yeah. is like wow he's like just looking at me he like has this connection yeah to like his his old life yeah and then yeah. another thing i didn't really realize i guess i had seen it so many times but it never connected to me but when um when steven becomes the zombie and he he's all torn up and he can barely walk um, yeah. he goes right to the fake wall that they put up and starts like gnawing at it and yeah. just like he knows like where he's going he yeah. knows that they're up there and up in that staircase and yeah and it's um, very much I guess it, I, sorry it very much lands on that that same what we're saying that the muscle memory that he remembers a little bit of his living life and he's just doing what he's always done yeah yeah because they they weren't making any noise or anything the, no. the, um the motorcycle gang was pretty much gone yeah so they were up there like and they were waiting for him they knew he was going to come yeah so that was surprising to me because I never, I guess I had seen it so many times. I just, it didn't make sense. But then even when he, uh, he gets through the door um, and he kind of, the door kind of closes behind him while the other zombies are still on the staircase. And yeah. there's just this one moment where they're all like, he knows, they know. It was just weird. Like, it's like a, there's that connection there. I mean, it, it's odd because I, I don't think the door does shut behind him. You know, I think he actually closes it. I'm sure. Oh, that okay, yeah, he, yeah. He, he he knocks it closed. It's almost like I've opened the door to my apartment. I must close it because something might get in. And he's kind of got the gun half in his hand, and he's he's not sure what to do with it. Yeah, because the next zombie obviously opens the door, so it manages to work out how to open doors well. Yeah, I think Very, that's so perfect that George Romero, like you know, did all the little details and stuff. Yeah. That I mean, because it's such a that's the one also thing about the film is it's such a huge epic you know there's so many cast members you know with all the zombies oh, and the yeah. motorcycle gang and yeah yeah that location you know, they were filming overnight when the, yeah. the mall was closed and yeah. it was winter time yeah. but he yeah. paid attention to so much detail yeah. with such a huge crew and cast i mean i would just thinking as a filmmaker like i i think i would miss a lot of things because of just the you know so much is happening yeah all around and overnight at four in the morning and but he really you know paid so much attention to detail and was able to get all that stuff in there yeah well it's the fact that i mean he, obviously all the scenes inside the mall he stopped shooting between october and january because they had all the christmas decorations up and oh the, that's right yeah. the mall owners <laughs> wouldn't take the decorations down so he, he only filmed outside during october and all the way through october to january and started going back inside once the decorations were down so it must have been an amazing shoot to be on from that point of view, the amount of time they must have had off and then going back to it again. And as you say, only shooting at night when the mall was shut. So Yeah, I think anybody that's, uh, or any budding filmmakers should definitely watch 
uh, uh, document of the dead and just, yeah. you know, just, just to see like how much was put into pulling off such a huge oh, film. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I, I haven't seen it in a while, but like it just, just talking about it now makes me want to <laughs> go you know, watch rewatch it. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I will actually. <laughs> I have seen I it, but it, again, it was a long time ago that I, I watched it. So yeah, and I think that's what's the the coolest thing about the film. It's such it's such a big, grand film that you could you know watch it so many times and discover yeah. new things. But yeah. just all the effort they put into making the film, and you know, it's just such an interesting Hollywood story. Like there's so much about there's so much depth and and things that you know. Whereas like maybe making a Friday the Thirteenth. You're yes. not going to want to sit there and watch like all no. the behind the scenes stuff because no. you know it's it's I don't know there's just something epic about Dawn of the Dead that just gives it you know there's so many stories involved. Yeah, it, and- it, it's not your average horror sequel, is it? I mean, most of the the horror sequels that were coming out, like your Friday the Thirteenth, it's just like right, okay, we need to have more violence, more deaths, not more reason to have more deaths or whatever else. Whereas this is just, well, actually, it's a continuation of what's going on in this world, or it's another site of what's going on in this world that we've created. Um, we're not going to up anything other than maybe give them a slightly larger playground, because that's all it is. The mall's a slightly larger playground than the very claustrophobic house of the first one. Um, but it's still claustrophobic, even though it's quite a large space that they're in. is so oh, weird to me yeah. like it's i i've not i mean at the time of course you know most of the horror films had like psycho type yeah. music um yeah. friday the 13th and but donna the donna the dead's music being that it was goblin and dario yeah. argento like yeah. it just it gives it such a weird you yeah. know like this almost european feel to it but yeah, yeah you're in like this this suburban mall in in the united states yeah well it's <laughs> in even the when 70s they, yeah when the place sort of the music that would be going on in the mall towards the end when um steven's sort of is a zombie and he's trying to get in the apartment they're playing that kind of very plinky plonky um almost muzak sort of lift music yeah. type thing <laughs> but they they change the pace and the tone and it's kind of going up and down. At first, I didn't have a problem with my sound, but then I thought, actually, no, that's that's intentional. It's playing with it to make that very tune, happy tune, I suppose, a, a scary and eerie sound. It's a, a very interesting bit of sound design at that point. Yeah, even on the end credits, I think there's this one part where it just kind of uh, it it gets warped and and kind of goes drops low. Yeah, and, and they show the uh, the zombies on like. The uh, roller, uh, not yeah. the roller skate, the ice skating, rink. ice skating, rink, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like it, you know, it's this weird. It's, and this happens after, of course, they fly away. So you're yes. seeing this, and it's just kind of like, okay, this is just kind of like a final nod to like, you know, things are still gonna go dark with this yeah. crazy, you know, cartoon music, and then it's like, 
okay, but now it's twisted down yeah, to yeah, this like yeah. morbid ending. <laughs> yeah, because I think on the the soundtrack album, it, it's it's called the zombie chorus that one because the zombies are actually singing. That it's not oh, just really? the moan. <laughs> if you listen carefully, that you can hear the zombies in it, and it, it isn't just a a monotonous moan they're making. There's kind of a tune to the noise oh, that the zombies make. It's almost like they've they're in the mall and they can hear the sound that's going in the mall. And that's the tune that's playing. And they're kind of starting to sing along to it. Um, wow. <laughs> and if you, hear it, if you hear it like that, it makes a lot more sense of the whole, I suppose, intelligence that uh, Romero's given these zombies that, you know, they can open doors, they can use instruments. They actually can hear and they can, they can still sing along the music that they're hearing the same way as we would. If you're in a mall and you hear that type of music all the time, you eventually start humming it yourself in your head. <laughs> I, know, I know I've done it when I've left places that play that type of music all the time. You've got it stuck in your head and you hum it on the way home. Oh. You think, What's that? What am I singing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even in Night of the Living Dead, I remember there was one when when all the zombies start breaking into the house. I remember there was one um, zombie that grabs like a big, uh, like a leg of a furniture. Um, yeah like a table leg and starts hitting the door with it. So even then, like that's, he had it in his head. Like, you know, they can, they can do things other than just, you know, try to grab you and bite you. Yeah. I mean, considering, you know, that certain night, the living dead 1968 was the the first, first time really zombies had appeared in a film in this way. I mean, there'd been zombies before, but they were all going back to uh, mythology and voodoo mythology and, you know, magically returning people to life in some way. This was the first time that they'd gone with this whole thing of zombies being a, a virus of some sort. They don't really explain why they're returning from the dead. Um, I think in the first one, they they hint at some sort of um, space object that's landed, that's created the virus that brings them back to, to life. In this one, it's not really explained why they think that it's happening um the only explanation you kind of get is peter's going back to his you know when when there's no room in hell the the dead will walk the earth um but the whole mythology that he's created around zombies the fact that he created that mythology and had intelligent zombies it's weird that then all the other people who've made zombie films since haven't followed that on you think about things like the walking dead those the dead in that they're just they're nothing of it. They just continue chasing people to eat them more than anything else. Yeah. So what what do you think of, of Romero's zombies? Do you think that they are, would it be better if everyone sort of did their zombies the same way as Romero and, and started crediting them with some sort of intelligence? Or do you think it's, it's right that everyone has their own take? Well, for me, like when the, the remake of Dawn of the, Dawn, yeah, Dawn of the Dead came out and, mm. um, they had the fast moving zombies mm. running, running like crazy and just yeah. being like feral animals. Yeah. It, I, I prefer, I, to me, the slow zombies, yeah. Romero zombies, like that's scarier to me yeah. because I feel like even though like they might be, you know, far away and they're walking towards you, yeah, they're going to eventually get you no matter how fast you can run and, yeah. and try to escape. Like they, they get to you. These, yeah. Whereas like a return of the living dead and the remake of Dawn of the dead was yep. on. And I think that's another thing too. Like when um, in the, in the early eighties, you had, you know, George Romero's movies, but then you had the uh, 
Lucille Fulci movies. Yeah. Um, those zombies were more of like the voodoo type zombies yeah. or supernatural, you know, with like uh, uh, Gates of Hell and yeah. all his yeah. other. Uh, but Return of the Living Dead, you know, with those zombies being very like fast and, and they could talk and do all yeah. this. Yeah. Grab the, grab the little um, fire or the police uh, walkie talkie and be like, yeah, send yeah. more cops. You know, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. to me, that seemed kind of cheesy because it's like, yeah. that didn't, it made it less scary for me. Yeah. So I definitely think George Romero had it right with, you know, you know, he said, like, you know, they're dead. They can't, they can't walk fast. They, yeah, you know, their bodies are falling apart. Yeah. But they have and, some sort of memory that, reminds them of how they lived so they yeah they can still yeah. do those things that they could do yeah yeah i do like how in night and in dawn um it was just kind of you're you're just seeing a little bit of that yeah but with with day of the dead and and bub yeah you know walking <laughs> around with the gun yeah that seemed a little bit like okay he's like just the fact that he can do all that makes yeah. makes him less scary because i feel yes. like he's just like wearing a costume or something and just, yeah. And then in land of the dead, when they're like you said, holding, <laughs> holding guns and shooting guns that, that just yeah. seemed kind of like, okay, they're, they're actually less scary now because, yeah. you know, you just don't know, like in, in night and dawn, like it's, they're just, they just want to bite you. They just want to like yeah. grab you and rip you apart. So that's, that's, that's the scary thing about it. Cause it's yeah. like, you just, and even in that whole sequence when uh, Steven's in the, like the boiler room and he's got that one zombie and yeah, you know, he's, he, no matter what uh, corridor he goes down, like that zombie just keeps it's appearing. There. Yeah. It's just, so it, it's, it's the overwhelming force that they are. I mean, certainly against the banker gang, um, they, they realize that they're done for, but it is just the overwhelming force of the zombies that actually kills them off. You know, there's, there's so many of those bikers and they've got all the guns and they can get away or they should be able to get away. But the amount of them, even though they're slow moving, they just take over completely, don't they? So yeah. An then, unstoppable force, I suppose. Yeah. yeah so I, 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 I wish more people, I mean, I guess walking dead, you know, followed his, his lead with yeah. the whole slow moving zombies. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it would have been nice you know, I guess it's, it, I, I like in 28 days later, I like that those aren't really like zombies. They're more like, you know, crazy virus. Yes. Filled, yeah. You know, full of yeah. rage and just those were scary to me. Cause you just, you know, didn't know what was going to happen. Like they're very unpredictable. Yeah. Where it's I mean, like, think you know, they've always said that that's not a zombie movie, but he's always said, you know, that they're just infected with a virus that makes them crazy. Um, yeah, but you know what? It's a zombie film, in my oh. book. <laughs> um, so yeah, but they, they, again, it's, they're very different. It's like if you go to uh, World War Z, um, the speed of the zombies in that—you know—you you're up one again from 28 days later. The zombies in that are absolutely top speed things that climb over each other and bash through windows and whatever else. Um, I think the zombie yeah, that itself. One to me, I was going to say that that one to me was really disappointing because I felt like it was so, so much CGI and like yeah. all the zombies yeah. like crawling on top of each other, trying to get yeah. up a wall. Yeah. It just became to me like just too much. <laughs> it's yeah. like, 
I, th- I think there's, not. there's some great ideas in, in it. Um, certainly going from the, the source material, I mean, how they ever thought they could make that book into a film was a, a mystery to me anyway, because it is just a series of small essays almost about people being affected by this zombie apocalypse. But the ideas that they got from it, and I think the idea of how the zombies crawl over the top of each other to climb over that wall to, in, to infect the city is absolutely brilliant. But as you say, the CGI zombies just don't work there. It's so obviously CGI, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, and it did. I, I rewatched it again maybe like a year ago, and I just yeah. was like, oh, I'm, I'm not feeling the suspense, edge of my no. seat feeling that I, I do when I watch, you know, like the slow-moving zombies. It's just... Yeah. yeah. I mean... I think the, the best zombie in that, and there's, there's only one for me that really is a fantastic zombie, is the one where uh, Brad Pitt's in the, the lab at the end and he's trying to get the viruses. And it's that one at the door, the glass door, that just chomps his teeth at him. Um, oh. <laughs> that one is just the, the acting that that guy does so close to the main actor is just fantastic. Um, but he's, he, for me, reminds me more of the Romero zombies than any other zombie in that whole film. Mm. <laughs> um, just that little thing he's there and he, he knows there's somebody there and he's just going to try and get him so yeah it's great but that bit anyway that's a different film <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> sorry, sorry to detour on it, but... oh no it's fine eh? detours are always a, a good thing <laughs> you know <laughs> we're talking about the same thing and trying to get why this film works so well and I think it works so well because it is different to a lot of the other zombie films that are out there and it's very much, it's come from the guy who kind of invented the genre. For whatever way you look at it, there's been so many other zombie films, but at 68, the zombie films that were there were not this type of thing. Zombies didn't go after people, they didn't go and kill people. They were under the control of someone. Um, this was the first real zombie movie that had this idea of zombies are flesh eaters, and they're going to get you, and they're going to pass on their virus to you, and you're going to become a zombie. So then Dawn just continued that whole thing. And I think it's it makes it a very different beast to all the other zombie movies that followed. And I think they both, you know, Night and Dawn, you know, they, they have just such a realistic uh, nature to them because, you yeah. know, you wonder yourself like, okay, if I, you know, if I was in the middle of the countryside and I see this little country house, am I going to try to seek shelter in there? Yeah. And then, you know, if you're with these people who are just, arguing and and they all want to do something different to try to you know should we escape should we board the place up should we go hide in the basement yeah and you know that's that's so realistic that that would be happening yeah and same with don it's like you've got all the craziness at the beginning uh you know the world's just escalating into this chaos and they're all you know it's out of control and you know what would you do what's the best place to go if you have a helicopter like where would we land like on an like an island or in the middle of some mountain or hey like there's a mall (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it is it's it's a it's a film of of two halves really isn't it because you have that well not two halves because the mall section is certainly in this extended version is much longer um but there's quite a lot beforehand where you're at the news station, you get in the helicopter, you've got the whole scene with the, the SWAT guys um, busting the Puerto Rican gang um, in the projects and getting into the, the buildings there. Uh, all of that 
exposition there, I suppose, about telling us about the fact that the dead have been coming up back to life for quite some time inside this this place. Um, there's the, the wonderful scene with the priest where he talks about how all the zombies, he's been putting them to rest and that they're, they're in the back room. And then Peter and Roger go into that back room to find all the would have been dead, I suppose, all in, in body bags and whatever, and eating each other and, and so on. And they have to wipe them out. Um, so there's an awful lot there that's a, a very different film, I suppose, than the mall section. What do you think about that as two sections of the film? Yeah, because it kind of, it really sets things up to, to show that, like, you know, everybody is handling things differently and you've got everybody in that building. They've got, you know, their family members and instead yeah. of, you know, killing them off, they're, they're throwing them into the basement or mm. locking them in, into the other apartments. And, you know, there's that scene where um, the guy, one of the SWAT team members is going crazy and just yeah. shooting everybody, but yet... Yeah. You, you know, they're kicking the doors open and you see zombies on the floor, but then you see like the woman screaming. And so, so she obviously was in the same apartment where there's a zombie. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I mean, just, it gives it so much depth because it just is like, wow, like, like everything's just a mess. It's in shambles. And, yeah. you know, um, if it is like a few weeks after night of the living dead, yeah. you know, what's going to, what's going to happen in, in another two weeks or a month like yeah yeah it's just nobody's gonna be able to survive this he really thought out uh to show like you know so much so many different layers in the film yeah. of you know you've got the, the people trying to survive the people who think that they already are surviving by just staying locked up in their apartments and, yeah yeah and then you've got like you know the authority people like the cops and the SWAT team and yeah you know, they're all, they're all still trying to, you know, go about their business and, and handle their whole, like, you know, follow the rules, but you yeah. know, they, they're, they're at their last grasp where they're just, they're going to have to decide and make a move to, you know, do we join them? Do we try to find a helicopter? Do we, well, I think the other people were taking a boat and looking for an yeah. island. Yeah. I think that's what they say. They say we, we know how to use a boat. We don't know how helicopters work, so we'll, we'll take the boat sort of thing. So it's a... Yeah. I guess it's... Which you I do, think that you was you know. in the... Yeah, and that was in the extended yeah. thing. It gave, it gave it more, like, you know, explanation. Every dead body that is not exterminated becomes one of them. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. A bit at the very start sort of sets that scene of this is a worldwide thing. It's not just happening in one place uh, adds a lot more weight to that and then to then cut to the the projects just gives that little vignette I suppose of how it really can affect everyone and that it's a you know this how these people are dealing with it so you've got that two sides very quickly together of it's a global thing but actually think about little man and how it is really affecting people well yeah. and then then it cuts right to the uh you know all the 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 rednecks in the countryside yeah, and they, they're all drinking beer and yeah. they're, they're making it like, you know, how let's have a contest of, you know, how absolutely. many we can shoot. And, you know, so it kind of shows all these them, different sides. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how it's just, the movie shows all these different sides yeah. in, in such a short period of time. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. we get right into the whole, okay, 
that we've seen the outside world and what what everyone's dealing with but now let's just focus on these four characters these four, and yeah. all yeah and you just you just kind of go through this whole thing with them and you're just yeah. you know you're getting to know them you're you're putting yourself in the place of like you know yeah. what would would i be able to get rid of all the zombies and and take yeah. over them all or would yeah, yeah. that zombies outnumber everybody and but luckily things, you know, are on their side and they're able to get through through it for a short period of time. Yes, yeah. I mean, they, they do a really good job here. Once they get on the, in the mall, the whole way they box themselves into that office, as we've talked about, blocking the walls up, they, they're putting the fake wall on, working out a ladder system so they can get in and out through the, the air ducts and all that type of thing. Is, is, it's brilliant ideas that they all come up with. Um, even yeah. getting the, the two big um, semi-trucks to to block off the doors so that the zombies can't get to the glass doors. It's just, it's, it's brilliant. Everything they do to, to fortify this mall when you consider how big it must be um, to be able to block off every exit. Like that. It's, it's, it's fantastic ideas to come up with. Um, we spend a lot of time in the mall with just those four characters. Have you got any sort of favorite scenes from that section where they're fortifying it or just living their lives, I suppose, in the seat, in the, the mall? I mean, I do love my, I really love the shopping spree and I love, I love how each character's got their own, like, you know, you've got um, like Fran trying on maternity dresses and yes. you've got uh, uh, Roger playing video games in the arcade. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Um, even the, the part where uh, Fran's ice skating and it's just like, okay, yeah. I'm just killing, I'm killing time. Yeah. And then of course the, all the scenes where they're like, you know, taking the money from the bank and yeah, and eating all the food and yeah. and, and then you know what's so funny too is um, watching the extended cut now during this pandemic and everybody oh, yeah. here we've all yeah. been in quarantine and yeah, yeah. you know you're you're home and you're trying to it's it's almost like a weird kind of irony because it's like we're sitting at home and trying to not go out too much yeah you know because the virus is out there and I, yeah. there's that one scene where after um after uh peter has to shoot um roger after he becomes a zombie yeah um he does that whole fancy dinner for uh yeah. fran and steven and yeah. he's pouring the champagne and they're eating steak and they've yeah. got like a very fancy you know he's in a suit and yeah yeah it, it reminded me for a weird you know it just reminded me of like wow this is almost like the pandemic like who yeah. would have thought all these years later i'm watching the film and there's something kind of similar happening where yeah. you're home you're, you're sitting maybe having a pizza and watching yeah. a good movie but then it hits you that oh wow i can't really go out because yeah. there's this yeah. virus out there and yeah, it's yeah. almost the same with them yeah because they're like having this fancy dinner and uh steven proposes to her yes and yeah. she's she just she turns them down she goes, she's yeah. just like no, she's like the the reality is is that this, we're in a fantasy. Like this is yeah. not. It's not. There's life, zombies outside, and we're eventually going to get probably eaten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's slightly more dangerous than the, the the pandemic, I suppose. We're in. I mean, COVID's not something to, to laugh about, but certainly zombies aren't knocking down our doors. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was just it's it's weird to see you know that this it film is. has such a yeah. I mean, certainly longevity. When, when we were in, in, in lockdown over here, we were, we're sort of, well, out of lockdown, I suppose, to a certain extent here. Um, but when we were 
properly locked down, we certainly, myself and the family, we did the same thing. You know, we, we cooked a nice meal and we all dressed up and had a, a nice meal together in the house because we couldn't go out to a restaurant. So it's exactly the same thing as, you know, Peter's doing for Stephen and, and Fran in, in their little house, I suppose. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting that all these years later, we're just still thinking that's, that's what is a good idea to do. Yeah. Before it's and time to see. That's why it's such a great film because it's something that just it 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 goes with the times even back then with you know the whole that was the thing like in the late seventies early eighties like as a kid you know it's like we would my dad would pick my sister and I up from school and would go to the mall yeah we'd be yeah. shopping and yeah it was like this whole like you know oh hey we're gonna go to the mall and get a toy and then yeah, yeah, yeah. go see a movie after yeah. And, yeah. you know, when that film came out, like malls were just at the height of their popularity yeah, yeah. and they were still yeah. pretty new. Yeah. So the fact that he was able to like set this whole situation, if, if he had made the film right after Night of, um, Night of the Living Dead, like yeah. by in like 71 or 72, yeah. it, it wouldn't have been in a mall. He yeah. probably would have no, just had be. to continue the storyline, like maybe set it in a bigger city or, yeah, yeah. or you know, maybe he would have had to do like the military thing yeah. like in day well, of the dead, but the fact that always, he was able to like put it in a mall. Yeah. He'd always said that he wasn't going to do a sequel. And it was only because he went to that mall and it happened to be a friend of his that was the, the manager at the time. Um, he said, well, th- you know, this would be a really good place to do it. And it was kind of through friends that he managed to get a set. And it was only because he managed to get that set there that he decided a sequel was something he could actually do. And I oh, wow. think I could be wrong. I think all the mall stuff was shot first and then they added on the newsroom stuff and the SWAT team stuff afterwards. Oh, okay. So that makes was, sense. It was shot very much out of order. It was like, right, we've got this idea for them being trapped in the mall. Let's do that. And then, well, how did these four people get together in the mall? So we best now write that section as well. So they then shot that stuff afterwards to kind of flesh out the story, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It makes me want to watch the document of the dead and yeah. read, read more of the behind the scenes because every you know every few years, like I'll just kind of Google on the internet and just read like new articles about the film yeah. and stuff. And I'm, I'm I'm always discovering things that you know I didn't know. Like there's always something new about the film, like mm. the making of or even like the special effects. Like at the time, there were not yeah. many you know, many films in the late seventies that had so much like, you know, intense special effects. I mean, that was just like very shocking to that audience at the time. And then now looking at, yeah, it's like, yeah. I mean, I believe that bit of the, the, I know it's it's certainly part of the extended one where the the bikers are being ripped to pieces. Um, The, the, the thing, the, the body that they rip up inside there is it's, Butch is awful. It's it's real animal pieces that they're ripping out there to make it look as real as possible. Um, and certainly when they're gnawing on bones and things, it's real animal bones that they're gnawing on with real flesh on it. Because um, I think there was a lot of actors at the t- extras that were there at the time said, "Is you know, is it safe to do this sort of thing? It's this, this <laughs> raw dead animal." So, um, but the, the, yeah, it's 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 very realistic. That that section there, I think, is probably the it's the goriest part of the whole film. And it's the only time that really, I think the blood and the gore looks real is when those bikers are being 
ripped apart whilst they're alive by the zombies. Um, and you see, you know, entrails coming out and things. Those special effects, what do you think about those against sort of the other special effects we see? I mean, when people get shot and they say that it's, it's not the greatest, is it? Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, to me, I mean, like, at the time, it was so, it was so new. And I, I remember when the film came out and I had told other friends, like, at school, like, oh, I got to see Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> I remember them, you know, a lot of the parents. I, re- I think we had, like, a babysitter. And yeah. I remember she, I had a Fangoria magazine. Yeah. And she saw me reading it and was like, oh, <laughs> like, I don't want this trash in my house. Like, <laughs> Yeah, And I remember telling people, I think she had gone and seen Dawn of the Dead and they walked out after the first like 15 minutes. Wow. And she's like, I'm not letting my kids see this film. So wow. at the time, it was just such a big, um, like it, there was really no film like that. No. And, and then no. of course, Halloween and all the yeah. Friday the 13th movies, yeah. those came out right after. But, you know, there yeah. weren't any other zombie movies other than no. zombie. Wake up, sucker. We're thieves and we're bad guys. That's exactly what we are. The end of the film is, is where Romero does this whole thing of actually the zombies aren't the, the problem here. The problem is people. Um, we get the, the biker gang, the turn up. And they only spot the mall because of the flying lessons that the band's getting. Um, but this is what shows that, and I guess it's the same in every zombie thing, that it's never the zombies that are the real enemy. They're just there. Um, it's the biker gang that become the enemy when they break in to try and, I suppose, steal what the four, the three of them at that point have have got for themselves. Um, and obviously, because this this is the extended mall scene, we get a really big scene here of this epic battle between the biker gang, the zombies, and then Stephen and Pete there putting their oar in just to try and get rid of them. Um, what do you think about this this whole? extended scene because this one's a really big scene now you know it's funny because um a lot of times when i've watched dawn of the dead uh i never really liked the whole biker invasion stuff Mm -hmm. i I always thought it was just you know i guess it was frustrating for me just because i i the characters could have had it all and still could have like gotten through it but you know they they just had to like be territorial and be like no no i'm gonna fight them off and let you know they can't take what is mine especially with uh steven so yeah. it's like i just yeah. feel like he he kind of ruined it for everybody but yeah. um watching the extended version of it and seeing kind of it had so much more to yeah. it and it yeah. wasn't just like just them jumping in and taking destroying everything like there was a lot uh, of more layers to it yeah. and I actually enjoyed watching the extended version and now, now I'm actually like excited to see it again. Cause I'm like, wow, this is, it gave me a different perspective on the whole thing. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I really hope like a lot of people who haven't seen this extended cut, you know, take the time to, to check it out because I, I think yeah. it really gives the film so much more. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what the and, legalities of it being on YouTube are. Um, but it seems to have been there for quite some time, looking at the, the time it was uploaded. It, it, and it's certainly, it's there. Um, I'm not sure what the copyright is on it or anything like that, but, you know, it's it's easy enough to find. It's not like I had to search for ages to get it. I just put in Dawn of the Dead Extended Mall, and it, there there it was, the full film. Yeah, I'm really, um, ex- I'm really surprised it's lasted so long. I think it's been on yeah. it for like three or four years. Yeah. And, um, 
I know on like Facebook and Twitter and all these, uh, a lot of people post it or talk yeah. about it. So that's how I found out about it. Yeah, um, it is. It is bizarre that it's 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 been there for so long. Because I'm sure there must be there must be a copyright thing going on there. But Facebook, or oh, sorry, YouTube are letting it stay up there. So I guess let's watch it where we can. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Take you know, try to. I don't know if it, in that 4K box set that came out, if they do they have? Do you know if they have an extended cut? Uh, I know I they have the like the Euro cut and the film festival cut, but do you yeah. know if they have like that whole like where it's everything? I haven't checked it out yet um, to see what's available on that that box set. It is something I'm going to check out and see what's available in it. So I'm not really sure, but I don't think any of them. When I looked at the quick descriptions that I looked at, I don't think any of them run the length of this one. This is like oh, two okay. hours, two hours 37, I think it was. Uh, I don't think any of them run to that type of length. I mean, the standard release, I think, was only two hours and seven minutes or something like that. So there's a good half an hour in this extra. Yeah, um, and to me, it didn't It didn't seem, uh, I, I didn't feel like it slowed it down or no. anything. And I, did, I didn't no. feel bored. You know, I no. didn't feel like, oh, gosh, how much longer do, you know, is this cut going to be? Like, I actually yeah. felt like it went by really quick watching well, I think, it, so... I think a lot of that extension is this this scene here at the end, which I suppose is is the most action packed of a lot of the the film, where you get some fantastic zombie kills, um, the biker gang going fully for these zombies and, and killing them in lots of different inventive ways, um, and then of course the biker gang being turned on and and being ripped to shreds themselves. So I think this the extension, if you like, is very much a part that you. You haven't got time to be bored. It's not changing the pacing because it's speeding it up, if anything, because there's so much happening in it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and that's why I feel like every time I watch it, it's like I see something new because, yeah. you know, the way that, that he edits everything is so quick. And it's yeah. like you just – it's almost like a music video where it's yeah. like, you know, okay, like there'll be just flashes of things and they're like, oh, yeah. wait, wait a minute. This is – I didn't notice this before. Yeah, yeah. Have you, have you got any – in this sort of – this final section, have you got any sort of favorite kills? <laughs> so the ones that you may, oh yeah, that, that's a bit gruesome. Or... Well, I, I do think that when um, at the very beginning in the uh, apartment building, when the first, uh, when the guy bites his, his wife or girlfriend on the arm and yeah. on the uh, shoulder. Yes. Like that, that's just so, it looks so realistic and it it's does, so yeah. like such a shocking introduction into like, yeah, like you didn't you didn't see that in Night of the Living Dead. So it's like, no, no. It just is like, hey, this is Dawn of the Dead. We're yeah. taking it that extra, yeah, yeah, mile, and you know it looks so real. And the yeah. way, I think in they said like uh, that the guy who uh, did the biting like bit the actress a little bit too deep, <laughs> and she really did get like kind of bit. And yeah. Her screams were real. So I mean oh, that wow. that just. It's kind of like, whoa, like this is crazy. So yeah. every time I see that, it, it still looks real to me. Yeah. Um, let's see. As far as the other kills, well, I know I think it's so funny to me that one part where the guy, the the motorcyclist, is uh checking his blood pressure. Yes. And yes. it's like, why would you do that when you're surrounded no. by zombies? No. You know that machine isn't gonna like work that quickly yeah. and um, and they just like kind of rip his arm off and yeah, pull yeah. him away. And I, yeah. to me, that just seems so like absurd, but it, it is it's like wacky. Yeah. And I just, I, to me, I just la- crack up during that thing yeah. and that scene. But um, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. Like I, I always do like 
that one scene in the uh, airport when Peter, when, when the whole kids thing happens, uh, yeah. the zombie that's on the movie poster. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like walks in behind him and yeah. that always like start. It's startling. Like you're not expecting it. And no, I, I mean, I, I think, think that, that one, that's the best uh, makeup effects. I think in the whole film, that zombie looks like the zombies we've seen in lots of other sort of more modern films, I suppose. Yeah. But definitely like, I, I do like the helicopter, the scene where he's pumping the gas in the helicopter and that yeah. zombie gets his, the top of his head yeah. chopped off. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're not expecting yeah. that. And that no. just was like, you know, what a perfect way to kill a zombie like, yeah, yeah. without yeah. even trying to kill it. Yeah. Just by accident. Yeah. All those scenes with the bikers and them yeah. actually getting ripped apart and you're seeing like the intestines and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Like that's just, even watching it to this day, I'm just like, Ugh. like that yeah. just looks so real. And like, I, I, I wouldn't want to be one of the people, one of the extras. No, uh, no. Having to dig in and try to pretend to be eating all that. Cause that just did not look no, <laughs> fun. It, yeah, that definitely is. But no, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. I definitely think Dawn of the Dead, especially a, a lot of people that are younger, um, yeah. when you, when you say Dawn of the Dead, they think of the, the remake and I'm always yes. having to tell people like, Dawn of the Dead, nineteen seventy-eight, the original. Yeah, like I'm always one. having to clarify it because, yeah. I mean, what, and what I see. Uh, oh, sorry. Going. What What do you think of that remake? The the Snyder version of it. I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but I wish they didn't call it Dawn of the Dead. Right. I just wish it was a standalone zombie movie. You know, paying tribute to Dawn of the Dead because I just, yeah. I don't. I mean, I I like it. I, yeah. I've watched it, you know, a few times over the yeah. last, you know, five years or so. But yeah, uh, I just I I know they were just tr- capitalizing on the title, but yeah. I wish they just would have kept it as its own thing. Yeah, because yeah. as its own thing, it would have ha- it would have been a great zombie movie. But yeah, I just it, don't like having to always tell people, no, I'm not talking about the remake. I'm talking yeah. about like some people don't even know that there's like no, no, that it's a remake. No, no, I think it's. It's adding that of the dead bit on the end that makes it seem like it's something that it's not, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. And then, of course, Army of the Dead came out recently on Netflix, and yes. a lot of people are saying, oh, it's a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't think it is. It, it think, has nothing to do. <laughs> I, think I know it's even, just the same director. Yeah, I think, I think Zack Snyder's even said that it's not a sequel. It's just I wanted to do another zombie film. Because um, I think he's planning a, a prequel now to Army of the Dead dealing with the same people before. So there's, it, it's definitely not a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. It's just another zombie film. So, yeah. But it would be interesting to see a sequel to the remake of Dawn of the Dead because I would like to see, you know, what happened when they got to that island. Yeah. Like if any, if any of them did survive. Yeah. Well, it's, it's almost um, like the, them getting to that island would have been uh, survival of the dead. Um, it would have led nicely into that because that's exactly where that starts with them being on an, an island. So, I don't know, maybe oh, that's, that's right. Yeah, because was that's it kind sur- of survival of the dead was in Ireland, like it took place in Ireland. Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 certainly of the six films. It's the one I'd probably avoid if uh, only watch it if you really want to be a completist. Um, it's it's not the best. I don't think that one at all. I think it, it, it lost its its way by that point. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I've only seen it maybe like two or three times, and yeah. I, I have the, the DVD of it, yeah, but it's like it's not something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just have it because it's part of the whole yeah. you know, series. But yeah, yeah, the six of them sit on my shelf together, and it's kind of like, well, that that's the six films. That's that's my of the dead films. But yeah, that one's one that doesn't come off the shelf very often. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would like to see document. I'm sorry, di- I keep calling it a document. Diary of Diary the Dead. Of Dead. I, yeah. I, I kind of been wanting to watch that one again because yeah. I haven't seen that in a while. There's um, certainly it's got some really good moments. Diary of the Dead. I think it did a really good idea of trying to do a reboot and capitalize on the whole found footage thing that happened to be happening at that time. So it it did it really well. Yeah. Yeah, and I I do remember there was a couple like I think. Uh, later in the film when they i think they arrive at some someone's house or something that yeah. it started to get pretty pretty like creepy and scary and yeah. like uh, you know so i, I want to revisit that because i i don't remember a lot of the story yeah. i just know they were running around yeah trying to find shelter but yeah no i think i think that one was pretty good yeah uh, but and again is, yeah. you know if they connect it to <laughs> if they say it's part of like night of the living dead and dawn of the dead i kind of feel like it's the those three land of the dead survival of the dead yeah. diary of the dead those are like their own trilogy it, it is it's like they did two two trilogies there's the original trilogy which finishes with day and then land diary and survivor are, are, are something a little bit different and i think he did have a seventh film planned before he died which they were talking about trying to put together to make the, the seventh film but don't know if that's ever going to happen so yeah, I think I read something recently, like that one of his sons or yeah. or the the wife is trying to put together like their version of it based off his script. But yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. see how that comes out because you know yeah. it probably won't be as good, but no. we'll see. I mean, it's not going to be the same thing. It depends as well if they get a big budget behind it because I think that was one of the problems of Land of the Dead that they got a much bigger budget for Land of the Dead based on the the cult success that the other three had been. Um, which allowed them to do things that they they probably wouldn't have done. Um, you know, it, it's it's certainly a, a bigger film than any of the others, uh, special effects wise, just the way the camera shots are and so on. So I think that's that's spoiled it to a certain extent. I think it, if you're going to do it, you need to do very low budget, small rooms and so on, and it and it works. Yeah, and they weren't really big hits out here um, when they played in the theaters. I I don't think I don't think they were. I think because I don't remember if it was Universal or whatever studio that mm. was behind it, but yeah. I know they they tried to really hype it up, and a lot of people yeah. didn't end up going and seeing it. So, yeah, I think that's why he didn't really get like the money to make the one that he really wanted yeah. to make. Yeah, and I think that's why he probably tried to do the reboot with Diary of the Dead. You know, it was a case of actually I, I messed up with that land of it. Let's let's reboot it. Go back to the start. It's early on in the crisis, and this is another group of people, um, which I think was a really good idea to do that and make that its own own thing. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of I think that's brought us to towards the end of the film there, where we we talked already <laughs> about them. I know we said something escaping in the, the the helicopter and so on. Um, do you think there's anything we've missed at this point, or? Um, gosh, I'm like, I feel like we've covered pretty much the whole film, like yeah. dissected it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, no, I, I, I think we covered everything as far as I can yeah. think of, but uh, I just, I love the fact that it's a film that can be talked about yeah. this much. I mean, I yeah. mean, there's so many people that love this film and yeah. there's so many people that 
you know, they're just, they, they're so dedicated to it. Like the, the fans yeah. are so, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, they, they're great. Yeah. Um, so hopefully this, the fact that we've actually talked about it will give other people insight that, yeah. you know, will be interesting for them. And absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. think it's going to be exciting to hear what people think. Yeah. Although I don't think, I, I don't think I'm going to smurf the same way again after seeing this. Oh yeah. <laughs> Zombie smurfs are definitely a thing now. Um, <laughs> How do you think it, it would hold up? Or how it, does it hold up now? Does it hold up against the other zombie movies that have sort of been made in the recent years? Well, the funny thing to me is um, when I, I watched it with a friend of mine that had never seen Night of the Living Dead and mm. doesn't, isn't really a big horror fan. Yeah. Um, and he's younger, so he's like in his like mid-20s. And he, right. he watched it. And to him, he, he thought it was like, like a comedy, a comic book comedy. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't, he didn't, he said it wasn't scary at all. Right. He did say there were, you know, a couple parts that he felt were too long and boring, which mm -hmm. I, I'm assuming mm -hmm. was a lot of the, uh, the chit chat of them yeah. in the mall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was kind of, it was cool to see it through somebody else's perspective. Yeah. Cause I have such a long history of it, you know, yeah watching it from childhood but yeah it, it definitely is interesting i think it would hold up now but because walking dead has done so many yeah things that yeah you know i think a lot of people watching it if they've seen walking dead are going to be like oh is this a ripoff of walking dead yeah 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 i, I yeah i see what you mean there yeah I, it's the other way around of course but yeah it does it makes sense yeah yeah but I definitely can say that it's not, it's a film that you really can't compare it to many other films of its time. I mean, there no. really isn't any films this, you know, epic and with this mall setting, like yeah. uh, it's such a unique film. Yeah. And I think the mall, is like such a big, oh. it's like the uh, biggest character of the film other than, yes. you know, the zombies. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the ideal setting, isn't it? Having somewhere like that is just, it, it makes the film what it is to set somewhere where the human race could survive there. No problem. Cause they, everything they need is there. Um, so it, it's kind of a perfect place to hide out in a zombie apocalypse, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. yeah and if, if there was a zombie apocalypse now, like the first place I'd want to go is a mall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really would. I, I, I would try, I would say, Hey, this, this is like the first option, you know, yeah, let's yeah. do this. <laughs> you've got to have a plan. You've got to, you've got to know what you're going to do. <laughs> you've got all false pieces. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Big question that I've, I'm asking everyone at the, the end. Um, can you sell this film to me in, in 30 seconds? Okay. Let me try. I think I can. <laughs> okay. So Dawn of the Dead is George Romero's epic second chapter about the zombie apocalypse, which started with Night of the Living Dead in 1968. And Dawn of the Dead centers on a group of four people, a woman and three men who basically are fleeing the zombie filled city in a news helicopter. And they find shelter in a huge shopping mall, which is the perfect place to hide out because they have unlimited food and supplies at their disposal. But of course, nothing goes as planned and all hell breaks loose. And it's just a roller coaster epic film that I think will keep you entertained. Brilliant. That's, that's, that's a good surmising of the film, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Works well. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, 
just a final thing, where, where can people find you out there on, on social media? I know we said what you do at the start, but um, uh, I can, yeah, I have uh, Twitter. I'm at Chris Morrissey. Yeah. Instagram is at Chris Morrissey films. Yeah. And uh, my website is uh, Chris Morrissey films.com. Fantastic. Right. Brilliant. Okay, well, thank you very much for your time, Chris. It's been fantastic having this chat with you and to revisit Dawn of the Dead in this special extended version that, that you found for us. So, yeah, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking about this amazing film and I look forward to people listening to, the, to what we had to say. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, Chris, for that fantastic chat that we had on Dawn of the Dead. As I said earlier, we are having a bit of a Halloween theme. So next time, the 15th of October, that's two weeks' time, I will be talking to the master of horror, Mr. Mike Munzer, the host of the Evolution of Horror podcast. We will be talking about his favourite film, which is Wes Craven's Scream. And here is Mike's trail for that very episode. Scream is the best horror movie of all time and it is the best movie of all time because it is a fundamentally a, a really scary movie. This is a movie that from the opening scene, especially the opening scene, you'll be on the edge of your seat terrified. Also, it's a really clever movie. It's a, it's a comment on the genre. It's got loads of smart jokes. You'll have fun. You'll laugh. You'll jump. You'll scream. It gives you every emotion in the book. It's a roller coaster uh, and there's not one single thing that's bad about it. Thank you very much for that, Mike. I will be talking to Mike again later this month when Mike and I will be discussing our top 20 horror films. Ten of mine, ten of his. That will be just in time for Halloween, so that will be our final Halloween episode. Think the Friday before Halloween, just giving you enough time to get a playlist ready for what films you want to watch at Halloween. That's it. So for me, for now, bye-bye. Finally, thanks to Acast for hosting the website and to Max Smith for the theme tune composition. To get in touch with the podcast, remember that website is www.myfavoritefilm.com.